What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. This podcast is sponsored by Lalo Tactical, www.lalo.com for the best boots and shoes anywhere. Use the code Maximus20 for a big discount and make sure you wear the Maximus shoes. They'll make you a better person, we promise. We're also sponsored by Nitor Performance best whey protein on the market. Each scoop has a full serving of branch chain amino acids and glutamine. Mix is easy in four ounces of water, no clumping. Use the code MAXIMUSPODCAST to get your 20% off as a gift from us to you. You can help support this podcast and support yourself by supporting these products. Today, we've got a great topic to talk about and it's the idea of forgiveness. Over the last number of podcasts, we've talked about what I call bigger ticket items. Um, when we started this podcast, Joe, we wanted it to be more about more than just fitness, I guess. Right, right. We wanted it to be about how to make people better in all avenues of their, of their life. And we do use fitness as a vehicle for this stuff, but there are some bigger ticket items we talk about. We talked about, help me remember here, toxic masculinity, <laughs> core values, dress, core values, redemption, but a big theme uh, that has come up again and again and again. And, and and we'll say that. I feel like we do say that every podcast. Yeah. Because a lot of these themes are related. Yes, I mean, yes. you could almost listen to these 14 episodes as one episode or 15 or whatever we're at. I don't even know anymore. Th- this will be but 16. 16. Mm-hmm. You could listen to all these in, in, in one shot and it would seem like one big podcast because there yeah. is, there are a lot of interrelated themes here uh, and stuff going on. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, because we we did start off saying, well, we'll kind of keep this fitness related. But one of the, the, the core, I guess, core values of the podcast is the idea that what we do in the gym translates into life in other ways. And so all the conversations that we had were from, you know, do we want to just talk about uh, training modalities and sets and reps and like how to build workouts? Uh, or do we want to talk about some of that stuff that does reach further? And the the more of these episodes that we've done, I think kind of the deeper we've gone like we just sort of keep peeling layers of an onion and going deeper and deeper into this stuff uh and so now all the different topics that we've talked about are kind of feeding into each other and so it does create sort of an overarching theme well and we always do say that the gym is a microcosm of life to a degree yes i mean learning to deal with stress in the gym helps you deal with stress in the real world 
Right. Learning how to make sacrifices in the gym, how to overcome adversity. Yeah, the, in the gym. The, that all relates to the real world. Yeah. The gym is sort of a laboratory for human behavior, you know, because we, we have controls over the amount of stress that you're under. We have controls about, you know, all the different factors that that affect you in a training environment. And so what you learn in there really should be applicable outside of there. And this episode wasn't necessarily we're talking about forgiveness this episode or the idea of forgiveness or the construct of forgiveness. It wasn't born in the gym, but maybe a similar place, the golf course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and we, we talked about it this weekend. This is kind of one of those timely podcasts. Um, Tiger Woods winning the Masters. Go Tiger. And Yeah, go Tiger. One of the most, I think, incredible comeback stories you'll ever see in sports. Yeah, for sure. When you consider he won the Masters at 43, that in and of itself is an incredible feat. Yes. But then when you take everything that's happened to Tiger over the last 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. I mean, he was he he made some mistakes. Let's be honest about it. Yeah. He cheated on his wife numerous times. Uh, he was arrested for a DUI. Um, he's had some behavioral problems. Uh, he's had some major health problems. And all of this has been extremely public, I yes. guess is, yeah. is, is the word I'm looking for. I mean, there's been no stone unturned. All of his dirty laundry got aired for the rest of the world to see. Yeah. And, and I'm not necessarily here to judge whether that, that's right or wrong. I think being a celebrity, that's kind of part of the deal. Yeah. Uh, but certainly if a normal person did this, their dirty laundry wouldn't be aired for the rest of the world to see. Exactly. And, I, and I'm certain that this kind of thing happens like all the time. You know, there's there's some guy who's got a couple of DUIs and has cheated on his wife and nobody knows, you know, exactly. so it's, it's very different for for a celebrity and especially one that was, I guess, such a, a favorite as Tiger and, was before all of that happened. And arguably the most famous athlete on the planet. Right. And, and he goes back to the days of really before our attention was divided so much with social media. Yeah. He was the one. Yep. Like, I mean, you could, you could make an argument. The only one who got more press than him was Michael Jordan. Yeah. But Tiger was everywhere. And so anyway, all this stuff comes out. He falls from being, you know, on track to be the greatest golfer of all time. You could make an argument. He is the greatest golfer of all time. Yeah. Uh, to falling out of the top 1,000 golfers in the world. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. he's able to make it back. And, and, and this weekend, it all came to fruition. He won the Masters. And, and it was something I was kind of glued to. And watching it, it was incredible, the atmosphere at Augusta. Mm-hmm. The, you could almost feel it through the TV. Uh, it, it was one of those, I'm going to say, timeless moments, kind of like the moon landing. Yeah. That everyone was just a recording it they're watching it they're reveling in it and it seemed that the whole country was rooting for tiger to win but the underlying theme here was that that i want to talk about and and you want to talk about is i I think people were conflicted yes we're rooting for tiger we're we're not supposed to like him right yeah he was painted as a villain. He's he's not a good person. Um, even when he golfed, he was kind of painted as a, as, as a villain. He mm-hmm. was kind of cocky. He was arrogant. He'd throw his clubs. He wasn't the status quo. Right, and so right. here we are, and, and we're finding a way to cheer for this guy, and we love this. But underlying, there's this, this background of all the stuff he's been through. And there's an ESPN analyst I really like. Her name's Sarah Spain. Mm-hmm. She's very straightforward. Love her commentary. And she put up a tweet or a series of tweets that had wondered the same thing. Like, if you find yourself conflicted over cheering for Tiger, join the club. It's normal. Yeah. And it was funny the amount of backlash she got from that. 
Like, mm-hmm. just let him have his moment. He paid his time. He, yeah. he deserves our forgiveness. You're a hater. But I think she brings up some good points about let's have a discussion about this. Right. Why well, are we so on board cheering for a guy that's done these things? And this has brought us to this idea of forgiveness and what is forgiveness? Well, it, it's interesting because after doing our redemption podcast, I think I kind of had this this bug planted in my mind because there is a big difference between redemption and forgiveness. And then this whole conversation about Tiger Woods uh, after winning the Masters, uh, it, I, I think it really just highlights sort of what that difference is. So when we talk about redemption, like redemption is sort of a restoration, Right. So you were in a particular relationship with other people, you fell out of that relationship, and then you were redeemed. You were brought back into that relationship. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean you're back to where you were, right? So it's really kind of an internal thing. Forgiveness isn't something that people give you. It's something that people give themselves that allows them to move on from a painful situation. It's it's not for the other people. It's really just for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that and that's a big difference between redemption. Redemption to me is more redemption in other people's eyes. Yeah, exactly. And maybe it could be redemption in your own eyes as well. So in that way, I guess redemption could be a form of forgiveness. I, I think they're very right. they're very closely related because, again, you could forgive yourself or are you trying to be forgiven by other people? Which are very different things. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk specifically kind of how that how to flip that coin a little bit later. But like there there are some things that that society tells us, like that we're just supposed to forgive people all the time. Like if somebody hurts you just forgive them and move on, right? Forgive and forget, that's the phrase. And I don't think it's that simple. I don't think don't. you can just forgive and then imagine like nothing bad ever happened. I actually think society's expectation is is far greater than than how you just put it. Hmm. It's like if we don't forgive somebody were the bad guy. Yeah, right. We're a bad person. You owe it to somebody to forgive them because it's the right thing to do. Right. Regardless yeah. of the behavior they engaged in. Well, and I think and, that, there, that goes to a certain point because there are some unforgivable things, right? Slight offenses are easy to forgive, but there's some stuff not so easy to forgive. And I don't think the expectation is that you just forgive people for some of those things. Uh, I'll use a, a, another current example. We had this uh, this incident at the Mall of America. Right. For those of you listening, Mall of America is a big mall where Joe lives in Minnesota. Yeah, it's the biggest mall in America, hence the name. Uh, <laughs> Google it. Uh, it is a, uh, uh, I guess a, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort monstrosity. Of a, a monstrosity of modern capitalism. Uh, but it is a ton of fun. But there was a, a family that were sitting in one of the areas where there's balconies and some guy just grabbed a, a five-year-old kid and tossed him off the balcony. I mean, like four, four or five floors up. Wow. And just completely random. You know, the, the mom was sitting there with the other kids and, and the guy was there and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, are we in your way? And he just whoop, tossed the kid over the balcony. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, do you forgive him for that? Well, like, I, I don't think you can. I don't think it's possible. And I don't think there's an expectation that you would, you know. And I think there there are guys right now behind bars that are probably never going to be forgiven for the crimes, no matter how much time they serve. No. You know, and, and no matter how much they beg for forgiveness. Because sometimes uh, another phrase that we use is sorry just doesn't cut it. Yep. You know, being sorry for your actions isn't always enough to help other people get past it. Well, and there's a big difference between forgiving and forgetting. Right. You can forgive somebody but not forget about what they've done. Back to that 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 little five-year-old, uh, I have a question. Did they live? Yes. Yeah. It, currently in the hospital fighting for their, for their lives. Not a lot of details are coming out right now, but it's, this just happened last week. So first of all, I'm, 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 I'm glad that, that the kid didn't die. That'd be horrible. Right. I mean, 
and hopefully he can live a normal life. But when it comes to forgiveness and as horrible as this is to talk about, there are people that forgive people who do that. But again, that's for them. That's the way they rationalize the situation, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you need to forgive to somebody to be able to let go yourself. I think that's really the difference between somebody being redeemed and somebody just being forgiven. Yes. Because like redemption, you know, if if you, we use this example in the redemption podcast, like you stole a hundred bucks from my sock drawer and I didn't necessarily know about it, right? But now I find out about it. And my choice is, you know, do I forgive you and just forget that ever happened and then invite you over to my house all the time? Yep. You know, and, and actually risk you stealing another hundred dollars from me? Or do I say, you know what, it's okay. I don't hate you for that, but I'm not going to have you over, right? I can forgive you, but I'm still recognizing that you did something, trust is broken, and you know there there are just some consequences for for your behavior, and that would be a good consequence in that in that case. And my my argument is that for for me to forgive you is one thing. If you're not satisfied with that, then it's you that needs to to forgive. Yeah, and to me that brings up an interesting point. Forgiveness then is a vehicle that you use to get yourself to sleep at night. Exactly. exactly. You've, you've resolved yourself with the feelings around the situation. Right. It's no longer causing you anxiety. It's no longer bothering you. Uh, it, it, it's no longer, you know, keeping your brain or your gut in a state of turmoil. Mm-hmm. You've chosen to let it go, so to speak. But to me, I might not be forgiven because I might have some real boundaries on me. And right. by the way, rightfully so. Right. Yeah. I should have those boundaries on me, but that's where the forgiveness is, is more about your feelings and about my feelings towards it. Yeah. Yeah. And I right? think uh, a, a good example of kind of the, the flip side of that coin is when like uh, famous people, athletes, actors, even politicians uh, get caught saying something stupid. And then, you know, they go on Twitter and apologize. You know, oh, I, I regret those remarks. You know, I promise to do better in the future. Like, are they re- like, are they really sorry? You know, does that seem like like they're actually trying to apologize and trying to to take action towards redemption? Or are they just kind of saying the bare minimum, hoping to shut the crowd up? I mean, really, what you're saying is, do they give a shit about your forgiveness? Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to be the cynical asshole here. Nine times out of 10 or 99 out of 100. They don't care. To me, it's a publicity stunt. No, and I think I think too. It's 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 like you know the the league is forcing them to do that as part of their punishment so that they can get their paycheck. You know, it it almost always feels that way to me. You know, whether the guy's sincere or not. We see this in the NFL all the time, Mm -hmm. or the NBA all the time. When someone's forced to apologize, they don't really care about what you think. They're just trying to sell tickets. Yeah. So in that sense, that's not the type of forgiveness. I mean, what we're talking about here is real, genuine forgiveness for somebody. Yeah, not Um, not just like a verbal manipulation, right? So so back to the tiger thing, why are people so conflicted about that? Because we just brought up the point that forgiveness is for you. Mm -hmm. You don't have a tiger. Did he cheat on you? Right. Did I mean, was he charged with the DUI in your neighborhood? Yeah. <laughs> what did Tiger Woods do to you? I mean, the people that are so up in arms in this, what did Tiger Woods do to you? Well, and I think and, that that is a big question. Like, and, and why are they so up in arms about it? Like, why are people actually angry about it? I, they are the ones that need forgiveness. I don't think he cares. He's got enough money that he can deal with it. Right. No, and I, I hope Tiger Woods doesn't care what I think. Right. Right. Like, like for his own sanity. If Although I do know, I do know for a fact, Bobby, that Tiger Woods does check your Instagram every night before he goes to bed, just to just make to sure. Make sure. Not, yeah, to, 
You know, but, has he badmouthed me today? Has he said anything positive for me? I need to know. Yeah, I'm sure he's really worried about that. <laughs> but here's, I mean, I mean, here's the thing with that. If he was worried about what 100 million people around the world thought about him, that'd be a terrible life. It would. Right? Especially living such a public life. Yeah, and I think but, that that also goes both ways because some people who aren't famous, they're they're losing sleep over something a famous person said or did 10 years ago. You know what I mean? So they they care just as much about what a total stranger thinks and feels yes. about them as a famous person who has, you know, 300 million screaming fans is worried about what some guy in, you know, Kansas care, you know, is, is saying about him in some little dive bar. You know what I mean? Like That's exactly it. And the other side of the coin with the Tiger Woods thing is if you call out his past behavior, like if Tiger just won the Masters, mm-hmm. he's he's an American hero right now. He's a story of redemption and overcoming adversity. And if you're like Sarah Spain and you bring up his past transgressions, why is that so wrong for us to bring that up? Yeah, I think to it's, me, it's, it's part of the narrative. Exactly. It's part of the it's part of the story. But why are you so offended a fan when somebody calls that out to you? Yeah. My my thing is maybe you've got skeletons in your closet or maybe you've engaged in some poor behavior that you really are desperate for forgiveness. Well, that brings up another question. Uh, right? Is is Tiger a scapegoat for people? You know, is he an emotional scapegoat because either they, like you said, have have a skeleton in their closet or are they just looking for something to be angry about, right? Well, because I, because I, again, society tells us, you know, we're supposed to forgive people, we're supposed to be nice, we're supposed to maintain our friendships. And I think in in your own sort of small life, you know, you're 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 close friends, your family, it's a lot easier to just kind of take it on the chops, to forgive people, to be nice. But a celebrity screws up, all time to, you know, string them up, crucify them. It's easy at that point. And and, and I think people are looking for almost a, a justifiable anger because in their regular life, they're not really supposed to be angry. To a degree, I think that's true. But I think there's also the fact that we like to live our lives through other people's experiences. Not ah, very true. Yeah. There's there's a part of our deal. I mean, you're a Green Bay fan. Yeah. There's there's a part of you that believes. I mean, I've I've heard you say it. We won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Joe, we didn't win nothing. Yeah. Like Aaron Rodgers and a pack of guys <laughs> in green jerseys won the Super Bowl. Yeah. We didn't win anything. But people will do this with sports. Yeah. And I I think there's part of it. Listen. There's a lot of shitty people out of there that do shitty things. Yeah. And if someone who's famous, if Tiger Woods wins and has this big moment, this epic sunshine, unicorns, rainbows moment of <laughs> happiness, and, and this person has come full circle and they've they've overcome all odds and, and it is a great story. But if then we've got to talk about what he did 10 years ago, you're sitting at home watching this. And now that kind of strikes a chord with you, I think, because you will never be forgiven. You don't want something that you did 10 years ago held against you. Right. You don't want something that you did two minutes ago held against you. And we live in a world, I think, where people don't have accountability. It's kind of what we talked about. I don't remember the podcast episode, but there's it might have been redemption. But there's certain things there ain't no coming back from. Yeah. Yeah. You're that guy at Mall of America. You throw a kid (laughs) off of the balcony. You're a child killer. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. That's it. Uh, There's there's the whole thing. Once a cheater, always a cheater, right? Like you, you cheated on your husband five years ago or you cheated on your wife five years ago. Even if she's taken you back and forgiven you, so to speak, she'll never really trust you again. Right. That's been broken. If you're a homewrecker, like you break up a happy marriage, you're a homewrecker. Mm-hmm. Like you can never really live that down. And by the way, you're probably not proud to tell people that in the future. Right. Yeah. Right. Like you, uh, you're, you're a single guy out there and you meet a girl and you're like, tell me about yourself. And she's like, well, 
my last relationship, I was uh, messing around with a married guy and broke up his marriage. You're not, she's not going to tell you that. <laughs> right. Like that's yeah. not something anybody is proud of. It's a scumbag move. You know, if you're a thief, I'm not going to tell you, Joe, listen, every one of my business partners I've been involved with, I've stolen from. Right. I'm not going to tell you that. You're not going to work with me anymore. Right. But there's part of us that wants to believe no matter what we do, no matter what shitty behavior we engage in, we can somehow just wipe the slate clean. Yeah. And this is and this is where that idea that forgiveness is owed, that everyone needs to forgive me because I made a mistake. But again, that's just not true. And sorry doesn't cut it. Well, that's that's exactly what I was going to say. But I said I was sorry. And it's like this is the ninth time you've done this. Too bad. Yeah. how sorry are you? Yeah. But yeah. even Joe, never mind the ninth time, the first time there might not be an I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in, in, in the example that we talked about is Ray Rice. Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know, Ray Rice was a very good football player, played for the Baltimore Ravens, and he beat up his girlfriend in an elevator. There's actually surveillance of her being dragged unconscious by her ankles off of the elevator. And then he doesn't get a job in the NFL ever again. And there's this whole group of people who talk about how unfair that is. How is that unfair? Like, it's not like he stepped on a flower. Right accidentally bumped into somebody when he wasn't watching where he was walking. He didn't get in a car accident because he wasn't paying attention. He punched a girl in the face until she was unconscious and dragged her off an elevator and then lied repeatedly about the situation. Joe, let me a question. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Are you hiring that person to work at your business? Nope. No. I mean, and, and again, it's not up to me to forgive Ray Rice. Right. I don't even know him. It's not even up to me to judge his behavior, but I will tell you, I'm not hiring that person. Yeah. Nor do I feel sorry for him if he never gets hired again. Yeah. There's this, there's this whole thing with criminal record checks where you have to get a criminal record check to get a job. Mm-hmm. And there are people who think that's intrusive and not fair. If, if all things are equal, Joe, and you can hire two people, one has a criminal record, one doesn't. Who are you hiring? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Even a criminal will tell you they're going to hire a person without a criminal record. Yeah. Right. And then it goes to the idea of, and and this is kind of back to Tiger, right? Did the sports hero let you down as a role model? Yeah. And who, who put that on him to begin with? Right. Did he did he step forward and said, hi, I'm Tiger Woods and I'll be a role model for you and your children? Nope. He's never done that. And why are you choosing a sports hero as a role model? Right. Do you think because someone can hit a ball, throw a ball, catch a ball, put a ball through a hoop that they're a person you want to be just like? Mm -hmm. You think that all of a sudden because someone can score three touchdowns a game? That makes them a good, kind, moral human being. That's just not true. Yeah, yeah. Well, and when you when you think about like some of the behaviors that go into high level sports, you know, think about uh, professional baseball and all the guys that got hit doping, right? Yep. Like, what did you expect? You know, like you you thought that they they were just going to be uh, like we said, just perfect role models for kids, and then you put them in this situation where the pressure to succeed is outrageous. Yep. You know, these guys are going to crack under that kind of pressure, and that that's what ends up happening. And then you're upset. Like, why did you crack? And it's like, why did you put so much pressure on me? You know, well, and then I, they're I, I've got upset. I've got kids walking up to me after a game saying they're going to model their life after me and, and, and saying they can't wait for me to hit my next home run. You know, you're going to start really kind of thinking about whether you're going to be able to do that or not. And they're also upset when they get caught doping that they're villainized. Yep. Again, what did you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. 
And why do you need the fans forgiveness so much? Yeah, yeah. Is, is forgiveness tied to your ego? Is forgiveness tied to your sense of self-worth? There, there's, a, there's a whole thing about like if, if somebody says the words you're forgiven or I forgive you, that means like, okay, at least somebody in this scenario is willing to forgive me. So maybe I'm willing to forgive myself. Yep. You know, so again, forgiveness comes from within, right? It's not something that somebody gives you. It's something you give yourself. And so if you're waiting around for everybody in the world, and especially if you're some kind of a celebrity with, you know, millions of raving fans, you're waiting for all of them to forgive you before you're willing to forgive yourself. You're gonna be waiting a long time. Well, and and by that logic, I guess that the construct of forgiveness, A, is very important to people, right? Yes. We've established forgiveness is something that we all need in our lives. Mm-hmm. But we need some people's forgiveness more than others. Yes. Yeah, very so, true. For example, and I said to you during the outline of this, and it's <laughs> kind of funny, I would jump in front of a bus for my wife or kids. Right. Not you. I'll let you get run the <laughs> fuck over, Joe. Well, like, that- you're, no offense. I mean, you're my friend, but you're yeah. not. You're not family and people throw that word around, but you're not family. Right. And, and by the way, if it came to picking sides between you and, and my kids, I'm sorry, I'm picking my kids. Well, I'll be honest with you, Bobby. If I was in a position where I had to to choose between you or your kids, I'd probably pick your kids too. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think they win. And and I would, I would, as my friend, I would expect you to choose my kids. Right. Yeah. I mean, there is there is that thing, right? Family, family first. Right. Well, um, I, I, actually, I think uh, Ryan Reynolds had said it the best. This is probably one of the funniest things I've ever heard him say. He was on, uh, oh, was he? On? He was on David Letterman, and he said he, he was talking about the birth of their daughter. Uh, he and his wife had their first, and he said, you know, I loved my wife before we had the kid, but like after the baby was born, like oh my goodness, I fell so in love with her. And you know, everybody in the audience is like, oh. And he said, you know, I told her, I would tell her, I said, I would take a bullet for you. Like I could never love anything more than I love you. And he's like, the second I looked in that baby's eyes, I knew in that exact moment that if we were ever under attack, I would use my wife as a human shield to protect that baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'd throw her under a bus to protect the baby. And that's that's how we all are. Yeah. And and I've, I've, I've joked around with my wife about that. I'm always like, who do you love more, me or the baby? Right. She's like you. I'm like, that's a lie. Yeah. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you have to pick someone to save right now. One of us dies, one of us lives, me or the baby. She goes, the baby lives for sure. Mm-hmm. Like a hundred out of a hundred times, she's like, "Yes, yeah." Like, all right, at least you know where your priorities are. But the, we're we're being funny about this. But your family's forgiveness might mean more to you than some random stranger, and 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 that also trickles down. Yes, my wife's forgiveness or my son's forgiveness ranks above yours. Mm-hmm. But you're a good friend, and you're in my inner circle. I value your forgiveness over a mistake I've made much more than an acquaintance. Sure. Yeah. Or, or or just somebody I work with. Right. Well, I mean, hopefully the, the people that you keep close, you've sort of vetted too. you know what I mean? So like they've passed kind of a test They're 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 certain type of people. Right. We always talk about like you want to surround yourself with good people because you're the, the, the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so you should be selective. You know, you should be trying to choose people that you aspire to be like. And so, yeah, if if somebody in that position is willing to forgive you, that's obviously a lot more. Uh, it carries more weight 
than you know some random guy you met on the subway in New York City because he's not he's, he's not been vetted. You have no relationship to that person. And this idea of forgiveness that we're that we're talking about, I mean, it, it, it's got to be to really feel like you've been forgiven, and we've established that that's something you need for yourself. Yep, it's not for other people. Redemption is maybe for other people. Yeah, I want to redeem myself in the eyes of the public, but for that forgiveness, it's something I need for myself. I think it's really important to understand that it just doesn't come from words. Yeah, that I'm sorry again, and we've said it before. We'll say it again. Doesn't cut it, but. To really be forgiven and feel like you've been forgiven, I think you need to make a behavioral change. Well, and that takes time too, right? It's not like you can't just say I've changed. Like you, you have to show. You know, you're defined by your actions, and there, and that's hard because a lot of times with forgiveness on the road to redemption, uh, there are consequences to your actions that make that difficult or even impossible. Well, and consequences that make you feel not forgiven. Exactly. Right? And and we we come up with a couple of examples of that. Number one, if you're a cheater and your wife finds out, she may forgive you. She may still love you. She might let your sorry ass back in the house. Right. She may let you be around the kids. I mean, she may forgive you. She might check your phone messages every night. Mm-hmm. She might monitor your computer behavior. Hell, she might have you followed somewhere one day. And I, I get that that's hard because there's 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 a, there's two layers to this. Layer number one is if you've forgiven me, why don't I get all the trust back? Yeah. But it doesn't work like that. Nope. You can forgive somebody and still have some major boundaries. It's it's really important to remember too. Like forgiveness comes from within. So for for somebody else to forgive, that's their own internal thing. So your feelings. And how you feel about the situation don't really have any bearing. No, on she's forgiving you so she can sleep at night and exactly. she can get through this, right? Yep. But it doesn't mean she's not going to have a boundary. Yeah. Right? Her her forgiveness, that's her way, I would say, in that, in that scenario of being at peace with right. the scenario. Right. If you're not at peace, that's not her problem. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's almost like you made your bed, you lie in it. Yeah. Like, here's what you did. You're going to pay for it now. Right. Yeah. And the expression that I hate is, well, you're holding this against me. You're fucking right. I am. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to swear. <laughs> well, I'm not sorry to swear. I, I, I'm asking forgiveness for something I clearly don't give a shit about because I'm going to swear again. That brings me completely <laughs> off topic, but on topic. If you keep swearing, don't keep saying you're sorry for it. You're clearly not sorry and not right. willing to make a change. But the, 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 the whole boundaries thing is like, you're holding this against me. Yes, of course I am. Mm-hmm. Joe, you stole a hundred dollars from me. Right. You think you think I don't think about that every time you walk in the bedroom alone? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're lucky we're still friends. Yeah. yeah. Is, is 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 what I'd want to say at that point. Uh, for the record, uh, this is a hypothetical thing. Thank you. Yeah, we've never <laughs> stole a hundred dollars from each other. Um, but the other thing, the other example we gave is 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 with work, right? Um, maybe you steal from your employer, and your employer lets you keep your job. Your employer lets you stay at work and because they feel sorry for you they feel bad they can forgive you for that they can feel that you've been through a tough go that you have a problem with alcohol that you've got mental illness issues whatever they do to justify that forgiveness they may let you have your job doesn't mean they ain't gonna check your bag when you leave work every night right again that's for them to be able to sleep at night yeah, for the thief in this scenario like if they're really trying to redeem themselves they have to be willing to submit themselves to that. Yeah. And that has to be part of their own internal forgiveness process. And be willing to pay that penance for as long as is needed. Exactly. Because exactly. there are there are certain things, again, that are so bad. Yeah. I, I shouldn't say so bad. That's a judgment. And again, 
it's different to different people, right? Right. You, you could steal from one employer and they might fire you and just be done with you and, and have you charged. Mm-hmm. You could steal from another employer and they don't care. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I think I guess, that, that goes to their own core values too. You know, if yes. it's a defined core value and you go against that, they're probably going to be a little bit more upset Difficult over the you. transgression. If, you, if you've really broken a promise to somebody, if you've really hurt somebody, if you've really done something wrong, you don't just get to make that go away with the forgiveness brush stroke. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. oh, I'm a, I'm a good person. I was at a bad point in my life. Ugh, you threw a kid off a balcony. Uh, back yeah. to that. Yeah. What do you mean you were at a bad point in your life? Like that's not going away ever. Because yeah. I'll tell you, that guy won't get within a hundred feet of my kids. You know, not without me throwing punches, right? Like, and, and that's and that's kind of the deal. Like, if you did something like that, and and it's kind of like, um, have you ever heard the thing? Once the trust is broken, you can never get it back. Yes. Once somebody's lied to you outright, everything they say after that, there's a small thought in your mind. Mm-hmm. What are they lying about now? Yeah. And, and so what I tell people is, you know, like my son, I try to teach him, if you lie to me, our trust is broken. It's on you until that trust is regained to be overly honest with me in the future. Because mm-hmm. even if it's a white lie after that or like a seemingly innocent lie, it's not going to come across like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Like the behavior is escalated. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's like it's if you lied about something major, like you stole money from our company or or you stole money from the podcast or something. Well, now every time you say something, I'm going to have a little bit of doubt. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to repair this, you need to be overly honest and not get caught in anything that seems fishy or weird. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing that even seems fishy or weird. Yeah. Right? Because it doesn't you even you, you could be, you know, total uh, uh, naive standing in a, in a scene that just looks weird. And that's that's too much. You're still going to kind of re-damage all the trust that you've gained back. Yeah. And we're talking about big picture stuff, but this can apply to your everyday life. Joe, what's wrong? Nothing. Joe, what's wrong? Nothing. Joe, what's wrong? OK, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Why did you lie to me the first two times? Yeah. So now every time I ask you something's wrong and you say nothing, guess what my response is going to be? You're lying. What's really wrong? Mm-hmm. Because the last 10 times and, and, and married people go through this all the time. The last 10 times I asked you what was up, you lied about it. Right. So now when you say it's nothing, it's not nothing. Yeah. Or, or the other one that I always laugh at is when your wife says it's fine. <laughs> Gentlemen, if you're listening, when your wife, this is some toxic masculinity bullshit, by the way. But let me tell you, when your wife says it's fine, hang, it hang, is hang on, hang on, hang, hang on. Uh, if there's any ladies listening, uh, you might just want to like skip ahead a little bit because we're going to talk about yep. some secret man club stuff right now. <laughs> guys, but it is it's, true. It's I, not I bet fine. Even, <laughs> I bet you even the women are laughing. And, and, and guys, you know the tone. Honey, can I go but, out with the boys on Friday? Oh, sure. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's not fine. Never fine. Don't get tricked. In fact, if she says it's fine, just do the exact opposite of what right. you were going to do. Yes. And, well, you know? and, and even if your wife is totally cool, which I get, do the opposite because that's like that's your opportunity to do like some serious like you know romantic stuff right there yeah but it's it's never really fine right but if someone tells you it's fine enough you don't know when it's fine and when it's not fine exactly and and listen guys do this to girls too oh yeah like hey can i can i do this yeah sure no problem well it is a problem Mm -hmm. usually you know what i mean yeah and if you're not honest about your feelings then you can you can't communicate right 
So even even beyond just big picture things, you've got a you've got to kind of I think a an obligation to be honest. And if you get caught lying, there's going to be an effect of that. And and, and the reason I want to talk about this is because this shows you at just a day to day level there can be effect. Yeah, yeah. Well, imagine what happens now if you do something really bad, mm-hmm. stealing, lying, cheating, uh, like something that's that's universally wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the forgiveness is 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 for that person, not you. Right. And so, so what, what, what I want to talk about next is like is how to forgive people. And then kind of a, on the opposite end of that is how to forgive yourself in these scenarios. And so we've come up with uh, with some different steps, kind of have like a, a four or five step system here, because this is what we like to give you guys is, is something that you can take, something that you can use. Um, so you find yourself angry. You find yourself uh, in, a, in a broken relationship with another person. The first thing that you have to can do... I, yeah, can I ahead. stop you right there? Yeah. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to go buy some shit. You're going to go to www.lalo.com. <laughs> L-A-L-O.com. You're going to put in the code Maximus20. You're going to buy yourself some Maximus shoes. And then, the and then we will forgive you. <laughs> pair of Maximus shoes comes a free get out of jail card to do whatever the hell you want and get forgiven. That's, That's right. a fact. Yeah. Number two, you're also going to drink a protein shake. Yes. Because it's easier to forgive people with muscles than without muscles. So that you're going to go 100% performance. fact. I've got to spell this out because some people have had some questions about it. Mm-hmm. N-I-T-O-R performance.com. You're going to get yourself some protein powder, best protein powder on the market. Uh, it comes in various flavors, peanut butter, chocolate, Dutch chocolate, vanilla. There's a naked flavor without flavor. Mm-hmm. There's even a flavor called forgiveness. I believe you're going <laughs> to drink this stuff down. You're going to get stronger. You're going to be healthier. Use the code Maximus podcast for 20% off. And that's the first step. You're ever feeling bad in need of forgiveness. Go buy some stuff and support us, support yourself. And then move on to the next steps that Joe's going to define. <laughs> and, and we talked about this a little bit during the stress podcast. Uh, but when you start taking care of yourself, it's a lot easier to start processing other things. So, yeah, definitely the Nitor Shake will help you treat yourself, treat yourself a little bit so that you can say, OK, I've done something good for myself, good for my body. And now I can really start working through this process. And there's there's got to be a correlation between how bad what you did is and how much you buy. So like, <laughs> let's say you uh, were late to pick up your kid from school, buy one pair of shoes. Yeah. Um, if you cheated or lied or stole from somebody, man, you got to buy a pallet of shoes. I yeah, don't you know. Gotta, like, you have to like outfit like, uh, I don't know, a grade like school a soccer class. Team or yeah, exactly. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, <laughs> go down to the homeless shelter and get everyone a pair of shoes. To get a pair so, of shoes and a bag of night or. And, that, and, that and be- before we go on, I am going to pat myself on the back. I, I think I've got this organic branding, <laughs> organic sponsor stuff down to a science right now. Well, at least that hopefully, just, at least hopefully, it doesn't come across as dry and boring. You know, like <laughs> it's entertaining. Infotainment. Lalo, the, the CEO of Lalo is going to send me an email, or the CEO of Nitor <laughs> and and Nitor Protein, and they're going to be like, "Why have so many people sent us emails saying they're sorry in ordering?" <laughs> I, I don't know. I. Yeah, no I mean, idea. It has nothing to do with us. One guy bought two pallets. What do you think he did? <laughs> yeah. Mass murderer. All right. I'll just call it. If someone does that, by the way, I will call the FBI on you. Yes. Yeah. If you order sure. 500 bags of protein or 500 <laughs> shoes, 
after this podcast, I might be tempted to drop a dime. I'm, I'm pretty sure the ATF has already got tabs on somebody who's about to do that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but let's get back to it. So, the right, steps- so, so you're, you're in a position where like you're trying trying to figure out how to deal with this, this situation. The first thing you have to do is actually just sort of define the scenario. What happened that got you upset? And and be specific. Like, what are you really angry about, right? Somebody said something to you. What was it that, that triggered you, so to speak? Like, what is the thing that is really bothering you? And you, you've got to accept that as the thing that you're dealing with, right? If If you're not really sure what happened, if you're kind of like, well, there were like three or four different things, like they all kind of need their own process, right? So, so be specific, define the whole scenario. Step and how two. you feel, sorry, how you feel might not be really how you feel. Yeah. Um, a, a good point that my wife brings up is there's no such emotion as anger. Mm. And, and yet there is, right? You can be angry, but her point is anger comes from somewhere. Well, and I always say you know, just, people get angry when there's a need that's not being met. That, that's that's exactly what she says. Or their feelings were hurt mm-hmm. or they're sad. It, it manifests itself in anger. Right. But anger is just not an outright emotion that that comes out. Yeah. So, again, that needs not being met. Isolate what need that is. Don't just say you're angry. Yeah, there you go. That, and, and, and that's the specificity that we're looking for. Right. So the next thing now, you have to kind of acknowledge how you've changed, how you've grown because of this scenario. And this can be a really hard thing because sometimes you just don't want to. You know, sometimes you just kind of want to resist the moral of your situation because you're angry. So at a certain point, you have to get past it and say, okay, this is what is upsetting me. This is the need that I had that wasn't met in this scenario. What did I learn because of this? And and it can be as simple as I should not have trusted somebody so blindly. Do you think that's a hard question for people to answer because they haven't grown from this? Very likely. I mean, I would say if you're having a hard time answering it, this is your time to now reflect and say, is there something that I can learn from this? Because everyone says, right, oh, if I could go back in time, I would change that behavior. Mm-hmm. Would you? Mm-hmm. If I sent you back with a time machine, you really think you'd do something different right now? Yeah, yeah. Because that's that's part of being sorry in a way. Mm-hmm. But I think a necessary step for forgiveness is would you would you change the behavior? Well, and I think that's different whether you're talking about I want someone to forgive me or I've been hurt and I'm in the position where I need to decide whether I want to forgive them. Right. So forgiveness for other people versus forgiveness for yourself. Right. So, so let's, think- let's just focus on somebody hurt us. Okay. We're, yep. we're, I don't want to say that we're the victim here because I think putting yourself in the victim's shoes is a mistake. Right. Yep. And, and we'll talk about that in the next step. But like, we're, we're the ones who feel slighted. We're the ones who kind of ended up with the, the short end of this stick. Right. And so again, define that need that wasn't met. And sort of acknowledge what you've learned because of this scenario. And it's sort of like trying to find the silver lining. The third thing you've got to look at is the other person's perspective, right? Because we're all humans. We're all flawed. We see things through a very narrow lens. So what need was the other person trying to fulfill that led to this situation? And that can sometimes kind of help clarify what you're looking for as far as what you've learned and how you've grown from this. Once you've sort of got those things figured out... Now you get to make a decision. Do I want to forgive that person or not? Because you yep. don't have to. You're under no obligation to forgive people who've hurt you. But you can decide whether or not you want to do that based on 
your success with the, the three previous steps. And you said whether or not you want to, but I think it also comes down to whether or not you need to. Right. Absolutely. Right. Like, like, is this, is this keeping you up at night? And we talk about it again and again, the type of person that's anxious before bedtime. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe you're, maybe you're sleeping like a baby and you say, you know what? No, I don't need to forgive him. Screw it. Yeah. I just move I on care. with my life. Yeah. yeah I'm, now, I'm done. Nothing to see here. Maybe, maybe you're having dreams about the scenario. You know, maybe you are lying awake. You know, running through that argument in your head. Well, okay, yeah, I just, you know what? I need to just forgive. I need to put this behind me and I want to move on. There's another choice you need to make. Do you need to communicate that to them or not? Because one thing you can do is just literally, you now you've identified exactly what you're upset about and you can just literally say this out loud. You know, hey, so-and-so, I forgive you for doing that thing that pissed me off. Just say it out loud. And you're done. You don't have to say anything else. If you want to say why, if you think it's going to help, hey, I'm angry with you because you did this and I need to say this and I need to say that and I need to say that and now I'm done. You could say it to a wall and it will will actually help you quite a bit to just there's a closure there that you can move on from. Well, and remember that you don't again, this comes back to you don't owe anybody else your forgiveness. No, not at all. Right. I think I think we feel forced or coerced. Mm hmm. We almost peer pressure ourselves into forgiving other people because we want people to forgive us. Well, and, and another helpful exactly. exercise that, that'll help you process a lot of that is to just write a letter, right? You don't have to have any intention that you're ever going to give it to anybody, but actually sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and write a letter, Yep. you know, explaining your point of view and forgiving the other person. And, and we've said it almost in every podcast we have, when you write something down, it becomes very real. You know, yeah. and, and your mind can kind of process it because, again, now we're dealing with defined things, not just loosely understood concepts. Right now it's in concrete. It's in ink on paper. And you can take that piece of paper and shred it, burn it, do whatever you want with it. If you really want to communicate with the other person, you could send it to them if you want to. Sure. You don't but have it's the, to. That's your choice. It's the mental. It's the mental process of this. That's the important part. Exactly. Writing in this way is a tool to help you sort through your thoughts and making them concrete. Yeah. And, and I actually read a, a thing that said when you're writing a letter such as this, to write it with your non-dominant hand. Because you'll tend to overanalyze what you're writing when you're writing with your dominant hand. Yep. But when you switch, there's it's just complicated enough to try to remember how to write letters that you'll actually get more to the heart of things because you don't want to waste a whole lot of time. That's interesting. Overanalyzing it. So I, I have never tried that, but I'm... I'm interested that there seems to be something to that. I think that could be useful for a lot of things. Learning. Yeah. Right. Like if you're trying to memorize something, Mm -hmm. you know, working through a problem, journaling, you know, which is, which is, you could, you could bring that up as well. I think people journal because it's a way to look for self-forgiveness. Right. If you will. Well, and I think when you're trying to identify exactly what you're upset about, you know, they always say sleep on it. Well, if you've got a journal and you've been writing things down, you can actually see the trend of like how you felt from day to day, from week to week. Yes. You know, and I think that can be really helpful to to get down to the brass tacks on a situation. Yeah, for sure. So on the flip side of that coin, let's say we're the ones that have done something wrong and, and we need to de- decide if we want to forgive ourselves for what we've done. It's a very similar process. And so it starts with examining your own behavior and saying, what was I trying to accomplish? Step two, acknowledging whatever lesson you can learn from this. And this is usually, they say, you know, you, you learn more from your mistakes than from your successes. So there's usually going to be some kind of moral to the situation. You know, I shouldn't have done it this way. I should have been, you know, more open with my feelings, whatever that may be. But acknowledge that there's something there. There's some silver lining to your situation. 
and then consider the other person's point of view. So that's the same as on the flip side of the coin, right? How did my behavior affect them? What need of theirs was I neglecting in this scenario? If their needs weren't met, then I can kind of understand why they got upset with me. And then number four, again, can you forgive yourself for that? You know, can you get to a point where you're like, well, okay, I'm committed to not doing that again. I've learned a lesson here and I'm going to have to move forward. Do you need their forgiveness? And this is a double-sided coin, it I is. think, because A, can you forgive yourself if somebody else won't forgive you? Mm-hmm. But B, can somebody else forgive you if you haven't forgiven yourself? Right. Because if you can't forgive yourself, nothing you do is going to seem genuine. Exactly. exactly. Right? Like, if you're not confident, no matter how confident you act, people will sense that. Well, right? thank you. I, I, I just remembered Michael Vick, right? Got caught with the dogfighting thing. Comes out, apologizes, you know, uh, volunteers at an animal shelter. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll never engage that behavior again. And then a week later, he gets caught dogfighting again. It's like, yeah, no, none of that was sincere. Well, exactly. But again, on the flip side, if all of a sudden now he's actually like raising money to help bring awareness as to why these things are wrong, you know, and he becomes sort of the poster child for ending this. Like that's that's redemption now. That's gone just beyond like, you know— I forgive him for making a mistake that that starts moving into a whole another territory, like a whole another level of stuff. And that sure. I think is, is that, you know, show it, if you're sorry, show it, demonstrate it. That's the big thing, right? Like you've, you've got four steps here. If you want to be forgiven, examine your own behavior. So some type of introspection, mm-hmm. acknowledge a lesson learned, consider the other person's point of view. How are their needs unmet? Can you forgive yourself? But then you've got to put in the work. Yeah. Because you can have all those things, but somebody else doesn't know your thoughts. At the end of the day, words and actions are very different. Yeah. So, I mean, you you think about this. You do something to your wife. You do something to your boss. You do something to harm our relationship. Well, sure, you can examine your own behavior. You can acknowledge that you learned a lesson, but telling me doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can consider my p- uh, point of view. Great. Thanks for being considerate, Joe. Mm -hmm. And you can forgive yourself, but none of that matters to me unless you put in the work to do a repair, right? To repair the damage you've done. And that's where, and that's where that Michael Vick thing's good. Well, now how long ago did that happen? It feels like forever ago, isn't it? Let's say 10 years. Yeah. If he puts in a year of court mandated public service and then quits the day after that year is up, I don't think he's that sorry. Right. 10 years later, if he's made this a cause, we're having a different talk. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like how much are you really willing to do? Because throwing a press conference saying you're sorry or doing some court mandated community service, that doesn't mean anything to me. And it probably doesn't mean anything to the people that you've hurt. Yeah. I'd I'd say that the people that you've hurt. And again, I'm not in a position to judge Michael Vick. Mm -mm. Don't know. No, no, no. Right. Uh, Maybe he grew up in a family that was dogfighting and he really didn't think it was that wrong. Like I'm not, I'm not here to judge him, yeah. not here to, I don't know him. Right. right. Again, just, just an example that popped into my mind. Right. Yeah. But again, th- there's, there's, there's that part of it. The other part is I love dogs Yeah. and I've got two dogs, Chloe and Fiona, who I love dearly. I'm not saying I'd let the guy near them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's a, just a good example of like, would I trust them to, to babysit my dogs? Nope. Probably never. Yeah. No matter how much work the person did. Mm-hmm. So there's that part of it too, but I think, I think showing it's a big part of this. Yeah. Well, and we've always said actions speak way louder than words, you know, and your words should be aligned with your action. You you can't say one thing and do another. And that goes both ways, right? If you, if you 
talk like some kind of terrible gangster, bad boy, whatever. But then you actually act kind of like a puppy. Like people think you're a joke, you know. But if you talk uh, uh, like a a good God-fearing Christian, but then on the weekends, you know, you go out and tear up the town, burn down other churches, you know, what have you. It's it's like, yeah, you're, you're not in alignment in either scenario. Well, and the, 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 the part of that, and I guess we can close with this, is in that way, words are a form of action, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're that person who talks all good and then goes out and does bad things, well, you're lying. Yeah. That's, that's not just words now. That becomes an action, mm-hmm. right? So, so they've got to be consistent, but, but words are a form of actions. And that's what I tell people, like, judge me by my actions, not my words, yeah. Well, your words can be hurtful, which make them an action, mm-hmm. which is which is super interesting. Um, so forgiveness, um, if this is something that you guys struggle with, I think it's something we all struggle with. Hopefully you can put this into practice in your life. This is, I'd say, one of those things, Joe, like core values, mm-hmm. like redemption that can help you sleep better at night. Yeah. And that's, chances- and that's and that's whether you're a, whether you're a bad person who's done bad things or whether just bad things have happened to you. Right. Like we can all get better at dealing with stress. Uh, but there are some things that are just much more, much more difficult to deal with. And, and when you've been victimized in, in any kind of a way, like finding the ability to forgive and deciding whether or not to do so, you know, whether you forgive or not is almost irrelevant. It's just that you've had that opportunity to make a decision about it. It, it will help you deal with those kinds of things. Well, there's also, if, if you know, if we're going to be honest and, and you can think about this, people, um, I, I guess people at home, people listening, I always feel weird when I say people at home, I feel like I'm on a television, like an old school kind of like <laughs> TV show, um, which I guess the podcast. Where, where is, are you listening to this? I would love to know. Like, like show, yeah. tell us, are you, are you your at the car, gym, your car, house, the gym, yeah. you know, the sauna, practicing your recovery. There you go. Um, but, you know, the, the, the thing about it is, is almost every person I've talked to has some form of regret. Mm-hmm. And it ranges, right? They regret how they treated somebody in the past. Uh, they regret not working hard enough in school. Well, can we just it, say, like, neglecting forgiveness is inviting regret? Oh, and anxiety in your yeah. life. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, family, you regret not being closer with your parents, right? That's a very common one. Mm-hmm. You regret not being closer with your kids, you regret not staying in touch with somebody from high school. I mean, if you really think about it, you can be sitting there and thinking, well, and, and this is the type of person that, that we want to help. Well, I'm not stressed out. My core values are in alignment. Right, right. I don't need redemption. No, I don't need to be forgiven for anything. Is that really true? When you go to bed at night, there's not one thing you regret or one thing you want forgiveness from or for, if yeah. you will. Yeah. And so- so, it, it, you know, if you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I'm good, I don't there's nothing I need to be forgiven about. Are you sure? And, and maybe what you just said, is there something you need to forgive other people for? Yeah. And not for them. Again, final point, not for them. You're forgiving them to make your life better, not yeah. theirs. Yeah. So thank you, Joe. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you from the bottom of our hearts to everyone that's listening to these Uh you know, we've, we've made it through a number of episodes now. Uh, we keep getting good reviews on them. If you could help us out and head over to iTunes and, and leave a five-star review with some nice words uh, to hopefully get the word out about the podcast, tell your friends, and most importantly, subscribe. Yes. We are committing to doing this every week. Um, subscribe to this. It helps us, and it'll make sure that you uh, don't forget us some of these episodes because we've got a great lineup coming up in the future. Absolutely. So thank you guys very much. Cause
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.